0: Hi, welcome to the Risk Channels Podcast, brought to you by ASC International, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to the Risk Channels Podcast, brought to you by ASC International. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Rafael. And today we have the founder and CEO of ASC International, Mark Zettel, with us today.
1: Thank you for having me, guys.
0: Of course, it's a pleasure Just as it's ours. Play. All right, and today's topic is going to be about Uber and Lyft safety and the implications of Uber and Lyft in today's day and age. And chance implications, safety implications, just the overall just impact on society. But so to start off, what do you guys think about Uber and Lyft?
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it's convenient. It's, it's modern. Um, scary in many ways. But very convenient, very modern, and uh, honestly, uh, a very ingenious idea, which has been replicated by a myriad of companies. So it just goes to show you how ingenious it was. But yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, definitely an awesome idea. So,
2: what do you think of the journey?
0: I think it's, I think it's a Marvel idea in the sense that like you can capitalize on being your own boss in the sense, or uh, being self-employed, so you can kind of work on your own time. but you can work whenever you want. You can work at twelve a.m. if you want to. You can work at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, 8, 6 a.m. in the morning, so on and so forth. I do have some drawbacks, such as, like, the pricing of how much money Uber gets compared to the driver itself. But overall, I think it's a good idea in theory. But there are some negative drawbacks, as in everything. There's nothing, Nothing's ever going to be 100% perfect. But that's my idea or my thoughts on it. That's yeah.
2: True. That's very true. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. But, like, at the same time, like, I see what you're saying, though. Like, you can be, like, your own boss in a sense. Um, but that's not a hundred percent true because as we all know, Uber is like a whole company and you are just another for that company. So we really don't know, like, you know, who's in charge of you and stuff like that. That's, yes, you may have some freedom to know what kind of hours you can work, but it's flexible for that reason. But are you really your own boss? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I tend to agree with that. It's, it's a subscriber-based service, right? So you sign up to be a user um, and you're, you're governed by their terms that they dictate when you accept them at, at sign up, right? And you know, are we all attorneys, right? I, the amount of terms and conditions, it leaves a lot of ambiguity for what you can and cannot do and it's a contract so at the end of the day if something goes haywire the contracts more likely than not again keep me you know keep in mind that i haven't read it entirely nor do i intend to because i don't intend to drive for them but typically the contract goes in the favor of the drafter as opposed to the person on the other side so, and, and those are very unilateral contracts, because why? Can you go in and edit the terms and conditions when you accept Apple's terms? Um, probably not. More likely, definitely not. So, like I said, you become um, uh, more or less a user of their platform, but subject to the govern- their governance. And, and if you violate that, they can terminate you, right? How many, how many business owners get terminated by somebody, you know? So are you really a business owner? They can terminate you and, and no longer utilize you as part or for their services. So I don't know if you're really a business owner, but you do have autonomy. You have the ability to flip the switch on and say, hey, I'm, I'm working today. You don't have to get that clearance from a boss per se, right? So that's unique. And it's a second uh, source of revenue or even, like I said, a primary source of revenue because, you know, not everybody is uh, using it as secondary means. Some of them are using it as, you know, primary source of revenue, primary source of income. Um, But there are a lot of insurance implications that are still not even been ironed out. And that's only time will tell where that goes. So there are several things that are scary there, um, especially in today's day and age, you know, with crime being through the roof and and, uh, litigation expenses and and litigation, meaning lawsuits, being so, uh, you know, happening every other second and the awards being so significant. So there is a lot to be weary of uh, if you're going to be a driver for Uber or Lyft or if you're even gonna get in the vehicle because you essentially could become the victim. Um, So great idea. But like every good idea, it takes time to, I don't wanna say perfect, because nothing's ever really perfected, but time to really map it out so it's as close to perfect as possible. That's gonna take time. You know, the, the first Apple computer wasn't perfect, right? But they've done a really good job. Um, you know, even Microsoft's initial software wasn't perfect, but it's come far, right? What do you guys think?
0: I believe, uh, Ref, you wanna go first? Pardon? Or you wanna go first? Um, you can go first. Alright, thank you. Um, I believe that, I agree with the majority of what you said, that it's gone far in a lot of ways, and also it's like, the autonomy of it and how you can become your own boss and just go work out those little kinks and making a living off of it. I mean, I've seen some guy on the internet, he talked about how he was able to make a living, basically, but he was working like, like graveyard hours. Like he was doing the craziest hours, like 16-hour days on Uber, Jeez. and then 18, and then maybe eight-hour days on Lyft, and then switching them back and forth, just so he can afford an apartment in San Francisco. So this guy was just basically grinding himself into like tooth and nail, to afford off Uber. I mean, is it worth it at that point, to then getting a regular, like I say, office nine to five? I would say probably not. I mean, unless you want that freedom, but it's not really free if you need def- the like my agreement. So there's a lot of like implications like that, where it's like, yes, you are free, but I put that in heavy quotations because there are, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There's always somebody looking over you because if you don't, yeah. work, all right, they can replace you just like out of job. All right, there's seven other uh, seven thousand other people who are gonna take this person to a uh, destination that they want. Why do we need you? Type thing. Like, oh, you can come back but based on the rating system, you're not gonna be as favorable as a driver as somebody who has more experience, more ratings, more interaction with people on that uh, type of basis. So you basically have to either slave yourself into doing it multiple times and just doing it over and over again, day by day, to get on the high rating system, do the, algor- uh, do the algorithm, or you, know, you can do it on and off, like a part-time thing, but you're still working another job on top of that, so it's more of a side gig or side hustle mm-hmm. than an actual well, they, business
1: yeah I, I was just gonna say that kind of goes back to one of the you know to your one of your earlier episodes about side hustles right i mean I wouldn't say it's a side hustle, it's a secondary job, because a side hustle is like really something that you want to eventually make your primary means. So you're, 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 you're utilizing right now your primary source of income to help subsidize that until that side hustle really becomes something with traction, right? Which most young entrepreneurs have to do because, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Life is expensive today and it's not that easy just to get going. Like, How many people have just like expendable means to start a business? It's not that easy, right? But let's get past that, right? It's a secondary source of income like these Ubers and Lyfts um, because they do give you flexibility. So when you clock out of your main job, right, you can then clock in here and then clock out at whatever time you want to because you need to get sleep for now the main job that starts at nine a m in the morning you know on on uh Tuesday or whatever it is right the The, the piece to that though is or, or or what I would consider a relative piece to that is you're not guaranteed any sort of income right so like while there are a lot of users out there and what you made a mention about an algorithm earlier, that's going to help in my again I'm not an uber expert it's just common sense, you're going to, those requests for usage are going to go to, like you said, higher um, rated drivers, right? So if you have 20 drivers in one single location and one person looking to get picked up, you know, the odds are that the higher rated drivers that have been driving for a longer period of time are more likely going to get the favorite, you know, more of a, a shot at that uh, uh, pickup, right? Which is, hurts number one right because why you know you're trying to start now as a secondary means of income in maybe a smaller popular or less populated community which means that you're going to be at the bottom of the barrel right you're not going to get nearly as many ride opportunities but the other thing is and, and this is where i'm a big proponent is they put this camouflage on as if you're your own boss right and it takes away actually from the actual people that could potentially be successful entrepreneurs and start their own businesses, for in my opinion, you know, um, their own sense of means, right? Because even look at their payment structure. Who gets the majority of the, the 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 pay when somebody's picked up and dropped off? Which doesn't make sense to me. Because why? You're using you're a driver for Uber, and you pick somebody up and you drop them off well it's your gas it's your car insurance it's the wear and tear on your car like yeah the technology behind it probably was a very expensive at startup right because why they probably had to build out this tremendous amount of framework um and, and bring in all of these people to do the coding and, and the programming and so on I, again and i don't know how in-depth it is because I'm not an IT guy, but you got to imagine there was an expense associated with that. But here we are how many years later where now it's like, okay, we're going to add a feature or we're going to update it or we're going to patch it. It's not complete overhauls. And those things in today's day and age have become less and less expensive. It's like when the first flat screen TV came out and it was like $10,000. Now you can buy a flat screen TV for like 200 bucks. Because it's just, the technology's gotten so good that it's so easy to turn them over. Quick, 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 quick. So why is it that the Uber drivers aren't making more money on something that over the course of time, Uber's cost has actually gone down, right? Their expense has actually gone down other than maybe they're, you know, because they're corporate employees, right? Or, um, you know, I I don't even know, website bill. I mean, even another thing that's relatively cost-effective. So I just don't see how that, that 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 well, what I was saying is that camouflage or that um, you know uh, you know hidden agenda, in my opinion, takes away from people's opportunity to say, you know what, I really just want to go out and try to do my own thing. You know, win, lose or draw. You know, it, not everybody's guaranteed success, but you know, which again, that's capitalism. So I'm not angry at them for it it's just an education for people, right? What to look for. What, let's be realistic and and open our eyes to see what it really is as opposed to, you know, sugarcoating it.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But, um, I'd say like what you had, what you just had to say, like it really is true. Like how, um, people don't understand, but they don't see the full picture because a lot of people would think, Oh yeah, like I really am being my own boss, but they don't really look in depth through what it actually is. Now, I would say Uber and platforms like that, Uber, Lyft, you know, things of that nature, taxis even, um, is kind of like, it really is a blueprint. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people may not have an entrepreneurial mindset, but, you know, what do you like, you know, apply to these programs that would give you a platform where you can like set your own hours, as I said, um, have that sort of freedom while still working under somebody. So it's like, People enjoy the freedom. They enjoy like the fact that they can feel like an entrepreneur. But at the end of the day, they're really not an entrepreneur. You know?
1: Yeah. Um, what does that say though about our, our, our system as a whole? Like, so like we're all, we're kind of getting off of what the conversation is. But the real the reality of it is, it's not because what it's basically showing you is how um, I'll call it a system right, can in very, in a myriad of ways, essentially control the majority, right? And what do I mean by that? Like you go like, we, we had this conversation previously, but you go to school and, you know, the ideology is you go to school and you graduate from high school and then you go to college and then you get a job and you work nine to five and you get a salary and you get benefits and Retirement packages and then you get married and then you buy a house and then you have kids and then you do this and then you do that, right? It's like very like systematized, right? Bang, 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 bang. That's like training a dog. You know what I mean? As opposed to I believe the system should be hey, you know, if you want to go the corporate route then there is that process or if you want to be your own boss you can go kind of do that but it shouldn't be like where they basically instill in everybody, this is what you should do, right? And Uber is an extension of that, because why? Now they're identifying that maybe more and more people don't wanna go that route, right? Because even though you have high enrollment in college and stuff, it's becoming harder and harder for just normal working class people to afford, right? So kids are like, okay, what can we do as an alternative, right? Well, Uber, and, and, and society as a whole is identifying that. So what are they going to do to still capture that population that now is in this distressed situation but yet still needs some form of employment, right? What is it? They're going to turn around and they're going to do exactly the would they did Uber. Uh, here's a great opportunity for you to essentially be your own boss and dictate your own hours, right? Is that what it really is doing? Or is it just a way to kind of like, like I said earlier, it's camouflaging more of a bigger issue Bigger problem that we need to address, right? Let's talk about the problems within Uber itself, right? You get in a car, well, you don't really know the individual who's driving you, and you don't know you don't as a, as a driver, you don't know who's getting in your car. Isn't that scary? Would you just wander into a bad area of town, you know, and and not know people and just start to strike up a conversation? You know, like it's the same concept, right? Like we're supposed to accept like, who's being vetted or the vetting process? We're supposed to just be okay with that? Have you ever tried to sign up for Uber, either of you?
0: Not Uber, but I tried DoorDash.
1: Okay, and, and how difficult of a process is that?
0: It's very tedious because when you try to do it, since I started and I only had my license for the year, I wasn't like qualified because they want like somebody who's been driving longer or uh age range because i was like 18 at the time and only had my driver's yep. license driver like for like about eight years 11 months or so so they weren't like, okay wasn't qualified for that but it was annoying because they had to, go, had to go through like a waiting list and it took like two weeks for them to respond back to just for them to say oh yeah you're not qualified yeah stuff like that
1: yeah i I, <laughs> I guess no go ahead go ahead finish finish
0: oh, yeah, i was gonna say it was like it was tedious in the sense that and then they ask for, like, um, certain documents or, like, certain um, identifi- uh, identification qualities and stuff like that. Like, almost like a background check just to be a driver, which I understand, but it was only for food. So I'm just imagining what it could be for, like, picking up people's, like, picking up people in general for, like, actually taking up the definition, a destination.
1: So, so that's precisely my point, though. So are the drivers background checked for criminal activity? How about this? I know you can't, like, like... Is it is it discrimination if the driver feels uncomfortable about picking somebody up? Are you vetting the users? Because, I mean, it happens in New York City all the time, where or it used to too, where you got into a taxi cab and the taxi cab driver was assaulted or mugged. or You know what I'm saying? So you remember then they put up the big shields in between, you know, the front and the back, so you couldn't even get to the driver. They took out, like, the ability to get – like the point is – you're getting to somebody's personal vehicle now, right? It's not a company issued vehicle. This is a personal vehicle that now somebody who gets in could have all the ill will intentions in the world and has direct and immediate access to that driver. And you have no idea. There's no protections, right? You have no clue. And how does that affect insurance, right? you know, insurance carriers have what's called rideshare endorsements or exclusions on the policies, which if you're not an insurance person, do you even know that exists? And does Uber and Lyft even know? And if they do, which they have a giant risk management department, I'm sure of it because of their exposure, do they even care? Maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm Not to say they do or they don't, but Maybe they do. The point is, though, there's a lot of uncertainty in the area, even all these years after the app and the service first hit, right? Uber or Lyft or whomever. I mean, because that
2: wraps up today's episode of the Risk Channels podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, we got you covered from A to Z.